5: Uh, so the changing of the tide in the NFL, I found this interesting. It's been bouncing around the pinball machine of sports conversation over the last couple of days. An old staple of pro football and really all levels of football that has been on life support for several years is now facing its last supper, the total extinction. Uh, that would be the onside kick. That's right. Uh, if you've not heard here, maybe not. Perhaps you have tuned this out. Let me give you the brief thumbnail recap of events, the ABCs, the one two, threes, if you will. So among the NFL's uh, radical rule change protocols, by NFL standards, this counts as radical. Uh, and one of the proposals is allowing teams the option of a 4th and 15 play from their own 25-yard line to maintain possession after a score. Now, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Birds, proposed this change and it's going to be voted on later this month. So they'll decide shortly. The month is quickly winding down. And so that, in theory, would be the final shovel of dirt on the grave of the onside kick. Now, state sponsored NFL media. This comes from state-sponsored NFL Media. They tell us the new gimmick could only be used a maximum of twice per game. Albert Breer, who works at Sports Illustrated, he claimed there is, quote, growing support, close quote, uh, for the rule change in the NFL. Let us discuss. The question is this, uh, the new option to have the 4th and fifteen play, Instead of an onside kick, do you love it or do you want to list it? Now, I actually love it. I'm going to push against the current on this one. I think this is a fine idea, all things considered. I've got the double-edged sword, thumb on scales, and Birmingham iron. And we will tie all these things together. Now, at first glance here, when I saw this story going around, I was like, yeah, this sounds kind of hokey. This sounds kind of silly. But then I was like, well, wait a minute. The onside kick is about as thrilling as watching grass grow. You know, it's just it's not working, right? The anticipation, when it, when it did work, when the NFL, before it became this corporate machine, the NFL, where lawyers and the think police took over, the anticipation, the humanity of human torpe- uh, torpedoes hitting into each other. They had torpedoes on each side, and then bam, just like that, colliding, and it was wonderful. The skullduggery duggery that took place on the onside kick at some point that went away, right? We can all agree on that. There's no debating that part of the issue. That when you actually think about this, this is, is unconventional by NFL standards. But I'm I'm of the mindset when you when you walk yourself through this that it's more enjoyable. This would be more enjoyable. Since the football overlords, the people that run this year, uh, they have emasculated the onside kick. They put in a bunch of rules that make it a pointless endeavor. And if it's a pointless endeavor, if that's where we are with this, then this change opens up endless possibilities for creativity. How bad is that? This is exciting. If you don't like this, what's wrong with you? Well, it's, Listen, it feels like this play, uh, the 4th and 15 play, has a significantly higher chance of being converted. Now, that's the pushback, right? The devil's advocate crowd says, wait a minute, whoa, whoa, Time out, 4th and 15, that's a much easier play than an onside kick. All right? Uh, that's just not true. All right? I'm going to debunk that right now because you're talking about perception versus reality. And, yeah, the perception – is that a 4th and 15 play is uh, much easier than an onside kick. But that's not reality. And what's my evidence here? Let's go to the big data. And uh, I wrote a few chicken notes down here. And the the NFL as a whole, on 3rd and 4th down and 15 yards to go, 150 plays were run in that situation. It was converted... 22 times out of 150 on 4th or 3rd down and 15, that is a less than 15% completion rate on a 4th and 15. Now, it is slightly actually less than the conversion rate of the original onside kick before the onside kick got snipped, right? Before that happened and they wussified that particular play. And the other thing I like about this is it puts coaches – who are calling plays into the deep fryer. And as a gas bag, that I love. I can't can't wait to come in here on a Sunday night into a Monday morning and some jamoke, some coach, completely effed this up and to just charbroil that coach. Man, is that going to be fun. I love it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you've got to be creative, you've got to be innovative, bold, or you're going to be called to the carpet. And it puts another... Another thing on the table for the NFL coaches, like imagine the Cowboys who are trying to come back, and it's not only the coach, right? They got the old Packer guy there, McCarthy, but it's also Dak Prescott. Imagine Dak Prescott on a fourth and fifteen. Your Cowboys are trying to come back game against the the Redskins, and Dak Prescott throws a pass that goes twelve yards instead of fifteen, and they don't convert the play, and they don't get to keep the football. Then Prescott gets roasted. And it's a double-edged sword. It's not just the offense because the defensive coaches in this hypothetical also would have to know their onions. And if they don't know their onions, they're going to start crying. Can you see this scenario? Let's say the Packers. Packers are playing the Vikings. Packers' defense is on the field. They have the lead. The Vikings are trying to come back against the Packers at Lambeau Field. And let's just say this hypothetical situation that – Uh, Cousins drops back the pass. Kirk Cousins throws a pass to the right side, right at the marker. The ball is incomplete, but, but there's a penalty flag on the play, automatic first down for the Minnesota Vikings, and then whoever commits that penalty, that'll be debated. Was it actually a penalty? Did it need to be called? All of that. Now, part B of this. We should also note that the latest reporting does use weasel terminology, which I have been fighting the good fight against here over the years behind these microphones. Growing support—can you get any more vague than that? What does that even mean? Growing support—how uh, does support grow? Do you water it and then it grows like a plant? How does that work? And and while I have been very clear, here, I think you understand that I like the idea of this proposal. The streets are talking, and I, I'm bouncing this thing around, a couple people I know, and not everyone is singing my song. Not everyone's in agreement with the Maller position on this. In fact, a little birdie tells me that there is going to be some pushback here, which hasn't been talked about much, from a handful of teams. You've got a couple of parts of this story that are variables here. Uh, for example, Um, there's the nostalgia crowd, which is always a factor here. They don't want anything changed. There's the – it's a sideshow. We're not a sideshow league crowd. It's a dog and pony show. It's just like the designated hitter or the three-point shot. And I always love that crowd because those things started – I'm not going to disagree. The three-point shot was a gimmick because basketball was not doing particularly well, and the designated hitter to bring more offense to baseball, they brought the DH in. Those things started as gimmicks. They're now mainstream. If we get a baseball season, everyone, National League, American League, will have the designated hitter. The other gripe that I'm hearing is it's not fair. It's not fair. Uh, that yeah, This is what the dum-dums are saying, <laughs> that essentially this rule, you'll have the thumb on the scales for the better team. It further separates the haves from the have-nots especially if you happen to own on your roster someone like, say, Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson or Drew Brees or Tom Brady, one of those type of players, you're going to have a much better chance of converting a fourth down and 15 play than you're rolling out Dwayne Haskins, Mitch Trubisky, or Josh Allen. Right? The compass rose. Then you you got problems. So the more qb challenge teams we are hearing – uh, think that this is just too much of a competitive advantage to the teams that have the good quarterbacks. Now, my response if you don't have a great quarterback, then go out and find a running back who's like Bo Jackson Tecmo Bowl or Barry Sanders back in the day with the Lions, some elite above the grade running back, and figure it out, right? There, there are the trials and tribulations of competition. And uh, you know, remember the there's a, a great quote about kites uh, that rise the highs, highest. You know, the kite goes higher and higher, but it goes highest against the wind, not with the wind. And so this, this is just a featest attitude. Ah, so, oh, we don't have a good quarterback. I don't like this. Now I believe that this should pass. I hope it does pass. But there's going to be some pushback. And the NFL likes to delay things. They like say, eh, let's let's have another blue ribbon panel, and then we'll decide what we want to do going forward. All right, last word here. So I mentioned there's a lot of variables that still need to be worked out. What happens if, for example, a team on a fourth and 15 play gets a touchdown? Does that count? Do you just have to get the first down, then the ball stops automatically? Is the play untimed? Um, These are the minutia of the rule, right? Would this newfangled play only be allowed in the second half? There's been some speculation about that. And you can say, well, what if Pete Carroll and the Seahawks wanted to use this new rule in the first half of a game, and can you only do it when you're in the behind? Can you do it when you have the lead to kind of blow the other team away, right? Is it only going to be for teams trailing as a means to come back? Because the onside kick, as it stands right now, even though it's a ridiculous thing that very rarely is converted, you can go for the onside kick when you have the lead. You don't have to just do it when you're behind. All these things will have to be hashed out. The league will vote on this proposal and others in some kind of Zoom-like meeting on May 28th. And so this is, as we're doing this in real time, this is our May 22nd show. So we're talking about about a week here, a little less than that. And they'll figure it out. And uh, and people, again, have been raising a ruckus. Not just the, the, what I'm hearing, but some people online, you know creatures of habit. They don't like change. And uh, this is one of the reasons that the NFL has always moved at the speed of pond water. That's how the NFL does things. They're afraid to rock the boat. That's what all legacy sports leagues have to deal with. They don't want to change anything because they have something that's very effective and they don't want to get rid of it. Much like uh, Governor Gavin Newsom in California, the NFL, uh, they're going to need somebody to hold their hand, and show them that this is the way to do it. And somebody's already done that with this rule. That's why this rule is probably going to happen. The AAF, of all people. Remember that? Remember we were talking about the AAF a while back? It went bankrupt before corona and the coronavirus. The NFL onside kick alternative proposal that we have laid out here in this opening monologue is a version of the Alliance of American Football's 4th and 12 rule. They had this. They had this holy Birmingham iron, Batman. They did. Where have you gone, Orlando Apollos? We miss you. Salt Lake Stallions, the great teams of the Alliance of American Football. Bill Paulian, who's an old NFL guy, and he was brought in as a senior figure in that AAF, and his band of merry men, this is a pretty good legacy that the NFL is about to change a rule And it's going to be in large part because of the AAF. That's a pretty cool thing.
6: Pretty cool thing. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
5: Hey, it's Maller here. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I can eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds. Or I know it'll take you over a minute to down that two-liter.
6: terms at pick promos.
7: The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road, but if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zen for a spin. Zen nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Ready to start your new journey? Get in gear with the zen 10 challenge. Order online at Zyn.com. That's ZYN.com to start your new journey today with the Zyn 10 Challenge. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe.
3: Mexico
2: will likely have its first female president.
4: And then you have China.
1: And we're back at it, slaving away
5: in these salt mines of Fox Sports Radio. Essential work here. Well, so the government says. Uh, yeah, sports radio is essential. I, I like when people just, oh, my God, I can't believe the sports talk radio people are essential. You know, deal with it. Uh, anyway, so let's get right into this. I don't want to dilly-dally here. We're not going to waste any time. Uh, this is a story that came across uh, my uh, my email. I got a, Somebody sent me this, and I was like, is this true? And I did some research, and I said, well, yeah, it looks, it looks about right. Uh, so the negotiation continuing, the endless back and forth, like a seesaw uh, match up here, ping pong, probably a better analogy, between the baseball union and Major League Baseball, will we get a 2020 season? It's hanging in the balance. Uh, so I saw an interesting story about the future of baseball. Now, this is the not the long term, but the not right now. It's in the middle. I guess it's the middle is the way we describe it. Specifically, what I want to talk with you about is the gloomy financial outlook, which is a byproduct of the current situation. So, to quote that old reality show, who do you think the biggest loser among the players will end up being when the coronavirus dust settles? You want to take a guess? Who you? Maybe, maybe you got a name? No? Mookie Betts of the Dodgers. Now, he's not really of the Dodgers because he's never played a regular season game in a Dodger uniform, the old Red Sox. But Mookie Betts is facing the stark reality that he is going to be left holding the bag when this thing ends. Now, why is that? Peter Gammons pointed out, I wish should clarify that Gammons, who's really tight with Red Sox ownership, he's in the inner circle with the Red Sox, and there, there might be some ulterior motives here, but uh, Peter Gammons, who's been around forever as a baseball insider, he tells us that Mookie Betts, who expected to get a contract north of $400 million, the anticipation from the Betts camp, his surrogates $420 million. Mookie Betts thought he was going to get $420 million in free agency. Now, the reporting is that when, when this thing is reset, the market is reset, that Mookie Betts will be the lucky if he gets $250 million when everything is done. So let us discuss this. Now, the question, do you believe that Mookie Betts is going to take it in the pants in free agency? And the answer, as I sit here right now behind the microphones of Fox Sports Radio, the answer is absolutely yes. Uh, now, my observations, you've got the windshield, the drawing board, and pork barrel. And we will combine all these things together, and we are going to make an L.A. street hot dog, uh, which you know, bacon-wrapped street hot dog, very popular in L.A. And Mookie Betts, I wonder if he's had one. Has he even been to L.A. other than for the meet-and-greet when he got traded from the Red Sox? Because the Dodgers went to spring training in Arizona. I don't even know if he even got to LA. He might be back. He's from Nashville. I wonder if he went back to Nashville. Anyway, all right, so number, number one, one. There you go. Uh, it is a gigantic understatement to say that Mookie Betts is uh, not facing an uphill battle. Uh, that That's an understatement. He's facing more than an uphill battle. Now, he took a calculated risk, you know. and at the time, you know, who could have? foreshadowed as we thought about the end of the 2019 baseball season when the Red Sox were trying to sign Mookie Betts to an extension, who could have predicted that a global pandemic would shut commerce down around the world, but more importantly, where we live in the United States uh, and and essentially blow away the building, the foundation of the building. So had the coronavirus not happened, uh, well, things would obviously be a lot better for a lot of people uh, and the Yankees and or the Dodgers or somebody would have ponied up. I would. Say, I don't know four hundred twenty million, but Mookie Betts was looking at a four hundred million dollar contract, assuming he had a really productive twenty twenty season in Dodger blue. But this is the ifs and buts where candy and nuts Mookie would have maximized his full value. Doesn't always work out that way and you can bet this is appropriate cuz Mookie bets you can bet your bottom dollar that uh, th- that's the case listen some guys gamble and win right some guys gamble get close to what they thought they were going to do and then there's other guys that doesn't work out and we remember these guys right and the the spoiler alert is that not not all bets are winning ones right not all bets are winning one uh, winning ones and and mookie bets He's gonna end up, if this is right, and again, it's all speculation. We know that a lot of the predictions so far in the coronavirus thing have been completely wrong. They're just guesstimates, and this is a guesstimate too, but let's say it's accurate. 170 million dollars. He placed a wager on himself thinking he's gonna get 420. Now he'll get around 250. That's hundred and seventy million dollar separation. And it reminds me of a, a saying from years ago, right? Sometimes in life you're the windshield. And sometimes you're the bug. Although it's hard to really say you're the bug when you're still going to walk away with $250 million. In this exchange, though, compared to what he thought he was going to get, uh, that would appear to be the case. Now, the second thing here, as we chat on Fox, so it's hard to feel bad for Mookie Betts, right? I think everyone... Yeah, there's, there's a few jock sniffers out there. That, oh, I feel terrible for Mookie. Oh, poor Mookie. Uh, I'm not one of them. Listen, not, I like the fact that he's a dodger, although I, you know, he had some, some dirt on him from the 2018 Red Sox. I believe more happened there than was reported by Major League Baseball in their report. Uh, but either way, Mookie Betts is going to end up living a life of splendor. I, he's going to continue to live the life of luxury, and so I guess the the answer to this riddle is that Mookie simply won't have as many money bags to pass down the Betts family tree. But he can still afford the luxury toys that you get when you're a baller, and he's going to save, you know, he's going to save some some money. I guess he'll save a little more now. But does he really have to save anything? Two hundred fifty million dollars. Uh, but, but here's the way I'll say it: I, I will hold off on my uh, my concern for someone like Mookie Batsby. I- I'm going to save that for the people that are going homeless, the listeners that have been emailing me every week saying, hey, Ben, I used to listen to you. I owned a, a restaurant. Now... You know, we're going to have to close up. We're not going to reopen, whatever. The, you know, th- those people that are going to be ending up at soup kitchens and in bread lines, those are the people that you should really be concerned about. So I understand context, but Mookie Betts, we're a sports show. So Mookie Betts will still be able to afford to pay his mortgage. He'll pay off all the cars and all that stuff. And he is going to have to go back to the drawing board, though. And this part of the story is interesting. Right, this part of the story is interesting. So my theory is that after Mookie Betts and his agent have a little powwow, They will pivot from trying to get that $420 million, which is just a pipe dream at this point, to full, what I call, mercenary madman status. Now, what is mercenary madman status? Uh, Here's here's what it is. I expect Mookie Betts, because of what's happened with the economy, to end up signing one-year contracts for top dollar and then rinse, wash, repeat. All right, that's how this is going to go. It is estimated that it's going to take a minimum. If things come back and things are starting to open up and we should be happy about that, assuming that the the other hammer, the other shoe doesn't drop on top of us as a society and from, from a business standpoint, then it's going to take a minimum right now, as of this moment, three years minimum for the economy to get strengthened enough from all of what has happened to to rejuvenate, and, and that'll bump up, obviously, the business of baseball. The business of baseball. All right, final point. So after Blake Snell's comments last week and the dingleberries in Major League Baseball that circled the wagons around him, I have been very clear here, if you've listened to the, to the show in previous episodes, I have almost no empathy or sympathy or support for the players. And it's not like the owners are good people and I love the owners. I don't really like them either. But if I had to pick a side, I'm going to take the owners in this. The owners and the players are all of them. Collectively, out to lunch is what they're at right now. And in this situation, though, the players are bat poop crazy. I make sure I said poop. Bat poop crazy there with the comments. I'm not playing unless I get mine, bro. That's one of the great quotes of all time. That should be on every Major League Baseball uniform to the end of our lives from Blake Snell. I'm not playing unless I get mine, bro. And then people defended him. The the guy's a moron, and people defended him. The owners didn't get to a point where they are able to write the kind of checks they are able to write by being a bunch of dummies. They didn't. And while there is nothing they can realistically do with the current contracts handed out, at least from what I, the way I understand it, so look at guys like Mike Trout uh, in Anaheim, Bryce Harper in Philly, Machado in San Diego, Anthony Rendon in Anaheim, and Garrett Cole with the Yankees as the last of the Mohegans. All right, th- this is going to be a buyer market. Uh, not a seller's market from soup to nuts over the next couple of years. There's going to be no more pork barrel spending for the short term. Now, this is going to come back, and, and hopefully it isn't three years. Hopefully that's wrong, just like all the predictions of doom and gloom have been mostly inaccurate. Uh, at least they've been dram- dramatically off from what actually has happened. It's not just Mookie bets, though. Now, Mookie's the biggest loser. The estimation he's on track to lose $170 million. Uh, over what he thought he was going to get and what he is going to get. But who is going to also miss the gold rush? Uh, Guys like George Springer. Good for him. Cheating Astro. George Springer. He's going to be a free agent after the 2020 season. Trevor Bauer, who I like. He's the quirky pitcher of the Cincinnati Reds. He's got one year left on his contract. D.D. Gregorius, who just changed teams, He's also set to be a free agent, and there's a bunch of other guys, but those are some of the bigger names that expected to cash in. And it looks like they are not going to be able to cash in the way they thought. They're all in for a reality check. Now, the beneficiaries of this are the teams like the Yankees and the Red Sox, not because they have more money, but you look at a player like Giancarlo Stanton, who's got a decision to make. And everyone assumed that Stanton was going to bow out of his contract, the pride of Sherman Oaks which is right down the street from where the headquarters of Fox Sports Radio are located, at the corner of Ventura and Sepulveda uh, in the beautiful San Fernando Valley. But Giancarlo Stanton has an opt-out in his contract. Would you opt out in the middle of a recession if you're Giancarlo Stanton? Uh, J.D. Martinez has another player option. He can leave the Red Sox after this year. You're J.D. Martinez. You're going to leave that money on the table? You think you're going to get more money? No chance. No chance as we sit here right now. All right, it is the Ben Maller Show. You want to talk about that? It is fair game. I have a follow-up to something we talked about the other day here, and it's the story that came out of New York and some emails that were leaked. Uh, We talked about it on the show. Eddie had brought it up. I brought it up. Uh, The Players Union, they are very upset. Uh, they believe that Major League Baseball, the team owners, are using underhanded, dirty tactics in order to gain your favor, right, to curry favor with you because you are, and I, I'm part of this too, we're just, you know, we're just peasants is what we are. And, and they want us to be on their side, and so the, the union is like, oh, I can't believe they would do this, you know, dirty tricks. Dirty, 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 dirty tricks. Of course, this is a way to play the victim. I. Right? This is a way to play. It's a sucker's game. Don't fall for the sucker's game. Okay? Don't do it. Now, obviously, the owners leaked the email to the New York Post uh, and that was clear. It came from the owners. It didn't come from the union because it made the owners. Who looks better in a story? That's where the leak is. It made the Players Association look like a bunch of mama Lukes. And it made the owners look like, okay, they got a leg- legitimate case to renegotiate the uh, the deal. If you forgot, I'll give you the, the quick recap on that. So the New York Post reporting, they had email that was addressed between an email, internal email between the players uh, lawyer and the MLB lawyer, and it explained it explained everything as to how they have an option of renegotiating. They they already had a deal on compensation, but they said if there's no fans because of the pandemic, they can renegotiate a separate deal. And uh, so the players, instead of saying you know you got us, they're like they're like oh we're the victim here. Even though they're not saying that the emails were wrong, at least the statement I saw didn't say, yeah, you know, by the way, those emails were doctored, they were fake. No, they're like, those are legitimate emails that clearly lay out that the players are not going to win this battle. But instead, the union's like, oh, it's not fair. They double crossed us. How dare them? They're human slime. Everyone's human slime. The players' union has Blake Snell. Hello, Blake Snell, who you want to slap of Tampa Bay, that swindling. Uh, pitcher I ain't playing this see. I get mine bro uh, that guy that's the face of the players right there that's the face of the players.
6: Anyway, why do we get so worked up over this? Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific.
1: At Bed Three Six Five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play—from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar—whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call
7: 1-800-GAMBLER. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zen for a spin. Zen Nicotine Pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit. no hard feelings. It's that simple. Order online at That's Zyn.com. That's zy to start your new journey today with the Zyn 10 Challenge. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe.
2: Mexico will likely have its first female president.
4: And then you have China.
2: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: It's Maller. How about that? To the third degree. This is when Big Ben gets grilled.
1: All right, let's do it right now, Kubo. Cool. So Daryl Morey was on FS1 earlier this week when he essentially said that he believed that if Chris Paul hadn't hurt his hamstring in 2018, they would have been NBA champions. Now, Ben, let's say they made it past the Warriors. Would they have won in the finals?
5: No, of course not. Daryl Morey has this derangement syndrome about that matchup with the Warriors and all those series. right? He's a legendary crybaby. I mean, there's this neurosis with the Warriors. Chris Paul is an injury-prone player. It's not a surprise when a guy like that gets hurt. The Rockets also, I believe, missed 27 three-point shots, if I remember, uh, against Golden State in that one game. And James Harden, you know who James Harden is? He's this generation's Reggie Miller. Good player who's not going to end up winning anything as a as a member of the Rockets. And Daryl Morey, he should become the author of a big book of excuses. Last year, he said the Rockets would have beaten the Warriors seven out of ten times. Yeah. All right. Uh, next!
1: All right. We've seen a few different uh, uniform revamps in the NFL this offseason, but according to, according to Boomer Esiason, the Bengals need to be next. The former quarterback said that the uniform has been terrible for about 15 years. Ben, who do you think has the worst uniforms in the
2: league? Uh,
5: This is easy. I'm not a homer. The L.A. Rams uniform, blow. It sucks. It's garbage. They look like an arena football league team. It's embarrassing. The the people that did that, it's bullcrap what they did to the uniforms. They look like an XFL team, so it's the Rams. They even ruined the horns.
1: Next. Uh, Frank Reich revealed that he loves officiating weddings uh, in his free time. Would you officiate the wedding of a P1 if asked? Yeah, dude, I would do anything
5: if that, pretty much. I mean, if, if a Super P1 wanted me to do this, uh, I, I would. you can get an online license to do that, right? You don't even have to go take a class or anything. Uh, can you imagine me uh, standing up there, and uh, I pronounce you husband and wife. Na- Mal may kiss the the bride. Boom, 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 boom. How'd we do?
7: Ben? I felt rushed. You fail.
6: Oh, come on, Coop. That's a winner right there. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. (laughs) Knock, knock. Who's there? Lame Week. Lame Week who? It's Big Ben's Lame Joke of the Week.
5: All right, let's do it. Here we go. Lame Jokes of the Week continues. And what is Phylexis' favorite sport uh, I don't know. Loves drag racing. Makes there you sense. go. That's uh, Eek in Roseville, Minnesota. What is Phylexus' favorite baseball play? Uh, I do not know. The drag bunt. Come on, Eddie. Oh, That's uh, Eek in Roseville, Minnesota again. <coughs> did you hear that Regina in Minnesota discovered a cure for the coronavirus? Oh, I did not hear that, no. Yeah, it's three gallons of bleach and two jugs of Tide. <laughs> there you go. Say. Crossing over the jokes there. What is the difference between Regina and Weed Man? I don't know. What's the difference? One loves the wash cycle. The other doesn't even own a washer. <laughs> <laughs> Alex. Well, Regina's very popular. A lot of jokes from uh, about Regina this week. Coop, you got anything over there, Coopaloo? Uh, come back to me. All right. Uh, did you hear that half pint? But now half pint and beer drinking Brian are getting jokes. did you hear that half pint called beer drinking Brian cheating on honor? No yeah. I, I didn't know that it's, that's unfortunate. yeah she found uh, she found a six-pack in his bed so it's, <laughs> 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 it's a classic from just Josh in Cincinnati. did you hear that weed man almost drowned while swimming yesterday? I did not hear that man. yeah yeah apparently someone flushed without warning him. <laughs> That's Bill from Iowa. How how do you get Regina's washing machine to shut up? I don't know. How do you do that? Put a sock in it. That's all you got to do. It's just Josh. All right. What what do a bunch of a uh, bunch of pee and bad sports takes have in common? A bunch of pee and yeah. bad sports takes. Yeah. Uh, is that fats? No, no. They can both be found in a funhouse. Is uh there you go. It's uh, Bill. Bill in Iowa. Did you hear that Regina loves the spin cycle at the laundromat? I kind of did know that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not not nearly as much as she loves the uh, roll of quarters, though. She's a big fan of that. Uh, it's uh, Bill again. <laughs> Coop. <All right. laughs> hey, these are, come on. These are free jokes. What do you got, Coop? Anything? Uh-
1: what's uh, what's Doc Mike's favorite food? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Split pea soup. <laughs>
6: <laughs> That's from Milkman
5: Mike. <laughs> Who is Doc Mike's favorite singer? P. Diddy? No, Euretha Franklin. (laughs) (laughs) That's uh, Chris. Chris sent that one in. Uh, Very, very funny uh, from Chris in Des Moines. Uh, Did you hear who the real winner of the virtual Kentucky Derby was? I did not hear who was the real winner. Tammy in Montana. It's uh, from Brett who sent that one in. These guys are taking jokes, Tammy. I uh, did. You, did, you, did you know that Doc Mike is dating actresses again? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, his current girlfriend is featured on those ads. If you've been a victim of nursing home abuse, it's Gary, uh, Gary <laughs> from Youngstown. Uh, how about this one? Another Doc Mike. Did you know? Did you know Doc Mike quotes Shakespeare every day? I did not know that. Yeah, to pee or not to pee. That's a uh, Bill. <laughs> Bill Very from well Boston, who uh, who sent that one in? Why did Why did Doc Mike become an actor? I don't know why he do that. Hoping to win a Golden Globe, Eddie. He'd like to win <laughs> one. Alex, the cynical. Anything else, Coop? You got any other jokes there? No. Okay, as a bot, Coop's out of the show. As a boxer, why is it hard to get Doc Mike as your trainer? I don't know. He only accepts Golden Glove Champions. That's it. That's uh, that's all. But wait, there's more. There's a theme to these. What do you call it when Doc Mike has four older women as roommates? Four older women as roommates for Doc yeah. Mike. What do you call that? The Golden Girls. Come on, Eddie. That was a classic TV show back in the day. Did you hear that Funhouse wants to murder you first before he kills Roberto? No, I didn't hear that. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Therefore, Roberto can be a dead ringer for you when he's murdered. So you did ring the bell. and you know, It's uh, Kurt from Earth. Uh, not every joke's your masterpiece. Nope. Which Which snack <laughs> would sell out first if Regina had a vending machine in her house? This is like our fifth Regina joke. What snack, huh?
2: Hmm, you know,
5: not sure. Tide Pods. You know, Tide Pods. Uh, it's Big Ben's lame jokes of the week. Uh, why couldn't the staff of Fox Sports Radio decide which snack to select out of the vending machine? I don't know. Why couldn't we decide? Because all those Cheetos look the same, Eddie. That's why. It's uh, Husker Kevin who sent that one in. When a pandemic is over and we go back to normal, what will we have when Lizzo performs in Philly? I don't know. Another Fats in Philadelphia is what we're going to have. That's Kevin who sent that one in. What do Blair and a Scarecrow have in common? Blair and a Scarecrow. What do they have in common? Uh, They are both outstanding in their fields. (laughs) What, what is Marcel's favorite day? I don't know. Fry day. Yum! <laughs>
6: <laughs> <laughs> it's Anthony let's, in Anaheim. let's get Good
5: into it. Good jokes whack. this week. Good job by you.
0: Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator